This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Hello, I'm Gwenna Lakeland, and I'm here with Tori Phantom. And this is Childproof by Betches Media, the podcast dedicated to all the parents that keep watching their kids' shows after they've gone to bed. Hey, man, Bluey is a show for adults that kids <laughs> also like. You cannot change my mind. You know, I'm not going to try to change your mind. I agree. But before we agree, let's start our timer. Okay, honestly, Bluey and the whole discussion around Bluey honestly deserves its own episode. It really oh, does. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. But, but on a previous episode, we were talking about how we talk to our kids and uh-huh. how we use like like normal words and we just define things. I feel like in the spirit of honesty and disclosure, I need to share a backfire on this. Oh, goodness. Let's hear it. So my son was doing something and whatever he was doing is so unimportant that even though the story has cataloged in my brain, what he was doing wrong is not a detail that my brain remembered. I feel like that's such an important thing to note with parenting is sometimes we get triggered and we're so mad about it. And like later on where we remember like, man, I reacted to that badly. I don't even know what they did. I don't know what they did, but I was mad. (laughs) So he was he was doing something and it was repetitive and I was reaching my absolute edge. And so I think he might have been hitting like the the couch. Like there's a there's a soft spot in the couch that he's not allowed to hit because it's going to break. And I think he was hitting that. I was like, "Dude, stop." He was hitting it. "Buddy, you're you cannot hit that couch." He hit it again. I was like, "Dude, do it again." So he looked at me. <laughs> He did it again. And what I had meant that that do it again was the fuck around and find out invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he fucked around. But then I realized I can't actually let him find out because he fundamentally misunderstood. He, what he just followed was, your instructions. At that he did point. exactly what I asked. And that's I feel like. It's important to note that there is an age where he was just following instructions. But if he was a few years older, like that would have just been like rebellion, right? But at that age, at, at that he's, preschool he's age, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. heard mom said, "Do it again." Uh, okay, I don't understand. I have this. I have this thing that I do as a parent, and I don't know. I haven't decided if I like it about myself or don't like it. It's one of those things. It kind of depends. But and and there's kind of two situations because we've talked about this where I will instead of using my words, I will give the look. And yes. So if my kiddo is doing something, and I've said, "Please stop doing that," and they do it again. I, I told you to stop doing that. Okay. And they do it again, and I literally I just go silent and I drop my chin. And I stare and I raise my eyebrows. It's my mom look. And I just wait because then they'll notice it. And they're like, oh, mom's serious. Mom is looking at me weird. (laughs) (laughs) And the other other time I use a look like that where I stop using words is if I am in an area and one of my kids is like, where is this thing? And I know it's like right out in the open right near me. I don't say anything. I just 
turn my gaze to it and I just stare and I'm like, it's right there, dude. Like follow, follow my line of sight. If it's in a different room, I'll tell you. But if it's like two steps away from the both of us, I'm not saying anything. I'm just turning my head. You don't even look. (laughs) The closer I am to the object, the more honestly pedantic my actions get. (laughs) I get so dramatic about it. I do. I do. (laughs) But, but that's, that's one of those things that I feel like the number one internet comment section critique to gentle parenting is that gentle parents let their kids do whatever they, <laughs> they want. They just walk all over you. What do you do? You even believe in discipline? Do you even use consequences? If if our kid couldn't find something, clearly be like, "Oh, baby, here it is, right here." Let me hold like, your hand and walk you three steps to the right. We'd we'd never just like be dicks about it. Like I don't know where is that thing literally touching you right now, Mom? I can't find this in the fridge. Not everything can be in the front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it turns out that's a deep box. And uh, right, you did. Did you move anything? Yeah, I think that's the thing that uh, drives me nuts when it comes to the term gentle parenting. Because we, we've said that before that yeah. both of us know that we are gentle parents because that was mm-hmm. a label assigned to us. But I don't know that either of us even labeled our parenting before we started talking about it no. on the internet. Not at it all. Was just, it was just, we're parenting, you know? Well, and even now I don't like using the term gentle parent because it always comes back to, oh, you let your kids do whatever you want. The fuck I do. Right. Right. Ask my kids. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's the thing is when it comes to gentle parenting, it isn't about being this most gentle, soft spoken. We all just sound like Miss Rachel all the time. Which no shade to Miss Rachel. No no shade. No, I love Miss Rachel. Love Miss Rachel. Like when when we're talking about like her show, she's talking in a very gentle way to sing songy all the time. Yes. And that is not what gentle parenting is. Like sarcasm is our love language here. I know it is for you too. It's probably why we're friends. But (laughs) that's the thing with gentle parenting is it isn't about the tone we speak with our kids. It isn't about always making sure they're happy. It is about communicating those expectations, boundaries, and what those consequences could be while also valuing their emotional being, while also being respectful of them as people. It is not permissive and just, yeah, you do whatever you want, kid. That's not what it is. Yeah. The the joke that runs around the internet a lot is, I'm gentle parenting. When do these kids start gentle childing? And I, I hate to break it to you, bestie. By the time your kids start gentle childing, uh, you did it. You, you did the thing. They're no longer children. They are functioning, happy, healthy adults. That's that's when they start. That's when it all kicks in. That's that's when you kind of get the big payment. And I think the thing is too with that is that even as gentle parents, we're not like these special mystical beings who are always emotionally regulated and never say something rude on accident or lose our cool. That's not what it is. Even as gentle parents, we're not gentle people in the same way that our kids aren't gentle children. It is just prioritizing that emotional component. It is prioritizing that communication bit. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, for gentle parenting, I would argue that gentle, responsive, intentional, whatever the fuck you want to call it, those types of parenting rely heavily on boundaries. Without boundaries, you're not practicing gentle parenting or responsive parenting. 
Like humans need boundaries, not just kids. All humans need them. We do not do well without them. Were you required to read Lord of the Flies? Oh, yeah. And in school? Oh, yeah. Gentle parenting would be the solution to that whole book. (laughs) That book would not not exist if any of those children had been gentle parented. Oh, and I think you're you're absolutely right with the boundaries. And I think that the way we communicate those boundaries changes with age. Like when they're younger, the toddler preschool age, it is a lot of repetition. I am going to tell you like, hey, we're going to the store soon. And when we're at the store, remember, we look with our eyes, not our hands. If you're having trouble not touching things, put your hands on your belly. We're going to put our hands on our belly. And if you are having trouble and you keep touching things, you're going to have to hold on to the cart and you're going to have to stand right with me so you can't reach anything to touch. Okay, now we're in the car. We're on the way there. I'm going to repeat that. Oh, we're walking into the store. I am repeating that. Okay, I am watching my kids in the aisle and I can see their little fingers are getting a little bit excited. The see-through skulls, you can see the thoughts in their head. (laughs) And then you're repeating it again, right? Because as we're doing that, we are cementing this value, this expectation and boundary. And what is going to happen Mm -hmm. if they violate that boundary? And sometimes their little impulse control, they're going to end up holding the cart and they're going to be mad about it. And you know what? They're allowed to be mad about it. I said that that's the consequence and you met the consequence, my dude. And that's, I think the cool thing about teaching your kids about boundaries is I don't know about your kids, but I say boundaries so often in my house that they use it with each other. Like I told you to stop doing that boundaries. <laughs> and I had one kid tell me her friend at school. She goes, I think that she's still learning about boundaries, mom, because I told her to stop grabbing my chips at lunch and she just kept trying to do it. And I told her a lot of times. So I think she's kind of struggling with boundaries. Like my little sister who's still learning. And I'm like, I love this. Yes. It's sticking. It's It's sticking. sticking. (laughs) Yeah. Gentle parenting definitely means that sometimes your kids aren't going to like the decision that you made. And honestly, sometimes they're going to lash out as feeling like maybe they don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we, we've talked about this on a previous episode. I am my kids' friend. They're not mine. (laughs) They they don't they don't have to like me 100% of the time. But I think the difference is it is that explanation. So mm-hmm. we're going to tell our kids no a lot, but we're also going to give them the explanation as often as possible. There are there are times when I'm going to I'm going to give you a no and I do not have the ability or time to provide the full context. So emergency knows. Yes. Mom, can I play Frogger in real life and starts to dart into traffic? No, no. <laughs> absolutely not. And that's probably going to involve a physical reaction of restraining your child or pulling them back or catching mm-hmm. them because she's a runner. She's a track star. <laughs> so emergencies, there may not be an explanation in the midst of that. No, hopefully in, in what I call the postmortem, when we have a sort of breakdown and they're screaming, yelling, gnashing of teeth from anybody in the household, myself included, we do a postmortem of that situation. Okay, so here's what happened. Yeah. And here's how we can handle that differently next time. Mm-hmm. That's where the apologies come in and the explanations. Yeah. That's when I gentle parent through the situation where I wasn't able to immediately explain no, because it right. was just, I've got time for no. And sometimes you can get out no, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. No, I can't explain right now, but I will soon. Yes. The same thing happens when I'm dysregulated. Like, I'm going to have to give you a no. I, I have to reject this this thing that you're trying or wanting. No. No is not the time. And if I try to explain, I'm going to explain it in a shitty way. Right. Because I am not emotionally regulated enough 
And sometimes that's the explanation. Sometimes it's no, and I can't explain right now because I am having a hard time and I don't want to make that your problem. So Mm -hmm. give me a minute. And that's part of the gentle parenting. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's also the triggered no's. The no's that just come out because they ask something that bugs the daylights out of you. They made a request in a way that just absolutely flicked a switch in your brain. Uh, yeah. And you just instinctively went, no. Right. Well, and I think there's a different type of triggered no too. And that trigger is one where it is you are saying no because something in your brain was programmed to believe that no was the answer there. You haven't taken the time to reflect on that mm-hmm. incredibly niche thing. Like you said no because your mom always said no. Right. And you never considered why that no was there. So you just repeated it. And then, but here's the thing in my house is that if I give an arbitrary no and my kid says why, or I disagree because, or I mm-hmm. think you should say yes, here's why. I'm, I give them space for that. Like, maybe we can find a compromise. Maybe when I say no and you ask me why, I can't find a good reason. Yeah. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have said no in the first place. I'm willing to be wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes sometimes it ends up at a, at a point of confrontation. Mom, can we go to the museum? No. Why? Because yeah. I don't want to, but I don't actually have any other right. better reason. I don't, I don't want to is a valid answer. It is a valid answer, but there are times that they'll call me on it and be like, well, you said you didn't want to the last six times we ask. Yeah. You're right. I did. My youngest right now is dead set on going to the beach. And she's like, she's like, it's summer. We can go to the beach now, mom. When are we going to the beach? Are we going to the beach today? And I'm like, babes, we're landlocked. Yeah. Like we're in Kentucky. The nearest beach is a 12 hour drive, my dude. I I would love to take you to the beach. But sidebar, I always, I hated that because I've lived in Oklahoma, also a landlocked state my entire life. And so every summer reading program, there'd be all these books about beach trips and going to the beach and there would be oceans and sand and sandcastles on the cover. And I wanted to do that. And I don't live anywhere near a beach. I've been to a beach many, many times, but. See, I I grew up in New York, so we could get to a beach in a day, but it was going to be cold. (laughs) We did it anyway. But yeah, that's that's one of those things where it's like, no, because it's not feasible. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we can go to the water park. Well, and then as far as. As far as kids saying no, I think that's another thing that gives gentle parenting a bad rap is we do allow our kids to say no, but again, with boundaries. There are important boundaries as to how our kids can say no to us. And I think that's part of it too, is how important it is valuable to us that our Mm -hmm. kids do get to say no, Mm -hmm. because that benefits them in the long run. Again, we're parenting ourselves out of a job. And if our kids are afraid to say no, if our kids are such people pleasers that they never say no, if they are afraid to say no, because there could be consequences, they could end up in some sticky situations. Yeah. Yeah. No is one of the first words a kid learns for a reason. Yeah. No is their first experiment in autonomy. Yes. Yes. And sometimes that's frustrating because you're like, here is your favorite food. Do you want to eat it? No. No. Of course not. Yeah. No. That, <laughs> but that it's scans. also it's also their first it's also their first step into being able to consent. Yes. Yeah. 
No, letting them say no to us is the first step in teaching consent. Before we have to get involved in sticky, makes us uncomfortable conversations, before we have to talk about what consent is and what we mean, because most of the time when we say consent, we're really focusing on one particular aspect of grown-up life. That's not all consent entails, but you get the vibe. Every time someone says consent, you automatically think sex. Right. Right. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. And we want to empower our kids to have control over their bodies. And part of that is being able to say no. I remember years ago, my oldest kid wanted to cuddle with my youngest kid who was sitting on the couch looking cute as can be. I understand why she wanted to cuddle her. Super cute. But she went and curled up next to her and my littlest was like, right. And then my oldest didn't move. She didn't move. And I was like, dude, I know she didn't say no, but the way her body language just shifted, the noise she just made, you know that that meant no. And she said, I just want to cuddle her, though. I said, I understand you want to cuddle her, but if she doesn't want to be cuddled, you have to respect that boundary. And so it is like building off of that, of not just that you get to say no, but you also have to respect other people's no's, too. See, we have a really firm rule when it comes to tickling, play fighting, wrestling, hugs, kisses, cuddles, carries, any sort of PDA. No means no. Mm -hmm. And if I'm tickling my kid and they say no, even if I know full well it is a playful no, stop, no, I I immediately stop. Hands off immediately because it is proving to them that their words have power. Their words are important. If you didn't mean no. Do not use the word no. And if if you you, do mean no, you can reasonably expect that that person who respects you will stop doing whatever it is. Yes. And that's a thing that happens uh, with my kids. I don't I'm sure with your two littles that are the same age, but like with the with the group of mine at similar ages, when they are roughhousing, playing, whatever, if I Mm -hmm. hear no, if I hear stop, if I hear any sort of sound that is not fun, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm immediately there. She said no, hands off now. That yeah. doesn't mean finish what you were doing. It doesn't mean keep, it means she said no, it means no now. Yeah. That's so important. Called throughout my house very often is, did you hear your sister's no? Did you hear your brother's no? And then we take it a step further and go, okay, so what does no mean? So I defined the word no for my kids support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you're on the move. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash childproof. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash childproof. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It's targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. We love to see it. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash childproof. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash childproof. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Shape your life with Honey Love. 
If you're a wine lover, I'm going to let you in on a little secret for finding your new favorite wines. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your wine preferences that are as unique as you are. To start, I answered a few quick questions on their website about what flavors I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé. Based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored, so I get more of what I enjoy. I really love how First Leaf tailors to my needs, and I really like cooking with wine, so I found so many different flavor profiles to include through First Leaf. Besides the great wines, the best part of the First Leaf Wine Club is the perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge and can choose when and how often I want my box delivered. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com childproof to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L. L-E-A-F dot com slash childproof. Try com slash childproof. What does no mean? What's the definition of no? I have never had a thought in my head now that you asked me this very specific, <laughs> easy question. My brain was like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. It, so, it just but, means no. <laughs> for and Well, but here's the thing is that is exactly how most people feel when asked to define really internalized concepts like no what does no mean what is red you know what yeah. what does chicken taste like it tastes like chicken i don't i don't know right. this is what it like, is this is what it is so we went the extra step and we defined no means stop and listen because there are levels of no there are no's that no never touch me again leave my sight pretend you do not exist in my world. And then there's no, give me a sec. I just need to breath or I need to fix my shirt because it's riding up. Like there are different levels. So no means stop and listen. I love that. I'm going to use that. That's great. That's, and I'll tell you, here's the thing though, when it comes to, when we're talking about empowering them with the word no, when it comes to consent, whether it's tickling or hugs or kisses, whatever, I take it a step further. And this is especially at like family functions before we go, I tell them like, so that we don't even have to get to the point of them having to say no, right? Because sometimes there is pressure and there is like that, that kind of anxiety about saying no to someone and disappointing them. And so what I do is I put the ball in my kid's court. When we go here, mama is probably going to want a hug, but you are not obligated to give a hug. You can, if that's what you want to do, it is polite to say hello. There is an expectation that when we go, you'll say hi. However, it is your choice how you do that. If you want to wave, if you just want to say hi from the other side of the room, right? We're going to acknowledge this family member, but you do not owe anyone a hug or a kiss or any sort of affection. We can just say hi. And the thing, and then I always follow that up with, if they have a problem with it, that will be my problem to deal with. You are not responsible for that person's feelings. You are responsible for taking care of yourself and protecting your peace in this. I do the exact same thing. I, however, have never had to do the follow-up because my children, thankfully, are huggy, touchy, PDA types of kids. They'll take a hug from total strangers, which... That's my youngest. ...creates different problems on the <laughs> other end of the yes-no scale. Yeah. Sometimes no feels important. Uh, yeah. We can, in fact, say it. No, but... <laughs> Here's, here's the other thing that I, I have had to experience with my oldest is 
you can reject any sort of touch. You can, you don't have to hug. You don't have to give kisses if that doesn't make you feel comfortable. But I sat there and watched my oldest reject and reject and reject. And I was like, this is not a, I don't want a hug. This is something else. Cause I was watching her body language. I was watching the way she was saying no. And I was like, okay, this is a little deeper than just, I don't want a hug from this person. So we actually had to have a conversation. What it turned out is she was being a product of me overthinking things. And she was actually overthinking the arm placement for a hug. She didn't, <laughs> Like, do that I go is so relatable? <laughs> that is so when you go in for the hug and I'm like, okay, are we, are we do, doing under, do we do the are we doing under, the, under over? The, yeah. Like a hug a neck. Are we doing like an X hug where I, I put my arms the one way and you go yeah. the other. What, how do I hug? What? Yeah, that's that was her reason for rejecting all the hugs. It wasn't that she didn't want to hug or she felt uncomfortable hugging people. It's that she was overthinking the arm position of a hug. What a mood. That's just the most relatable thing you've said all day. But no, no, no. Uh, no one in my house has anxiety. We're all fine. We're right, fine here. It's fine. fine. We're all great. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so. But when it comes to no, right, beyond consent. Okay. I and this one is kind of controversial. I allow my kids to say no about like house tasks. Right. Because we talked about chores and stuff the other week. But the no isn't always just straight up no, right? Sometimes it's not right now. It's, it's a conditional I, no. It's a conditional no. And I think that's okay too, because again, we're practicing all the different ways and reasons we might mm-hmm. have to say no. And so if I tell my kid like, hey, I need you to unload the dishwasher. And she's like, uh, not right now. Not right now because I want to finish this drawing. Mm-hmm. Like, is that okay? Can I finish what I'm doing first? Right? Mm-hmm. Because that's technically a no. She's like, I'm not going to do this right now. I don't want to do this right now. And- I don't need the dishwasher unloaded right this second, probably. So as long as the follow through is there, that is a Mm -hmm. whole different skill set we're building. It's the same thing we demonstrated already. I give no with reasons. I expect you to practice, not be good at, but practice giving me no with reasons. If I tell you, hey, you need to unload the dishwasher and you just say no, oh, we're going to fight now. Okay. You've chosen violence. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that I think is important. Like we already demonstrated that for them because gentle parenting is giving no with an explanation. And I can begin to expect you to provide me a no with an explanation. If I tell you to unload the dishwasher and you just look at me and go, no, kid, I'm gonna throw hands. (laughs) We're going to fight right now. (laughs) But if you, the the other day. Oh my goodness, we're doing it again. <laughs> we're just always going to talk at the same time forever. That's yes. the whole podcast. Try to pick one of our voices to listen to. <laughs> the, the other day I told my kid, I said, I need you to pick that up. She spilled something. I said, I need you to pick that up. And she looked at me and she goes, you can't make me. Now, that could be <laughs> triggering. However, this child is just starting to try her hand at sarcasm and she's not doing good. Yeah, it's, it's mostly just rude. But I know yeah. because of the look on her face and she goes, you can't make me. And I said, you know, I can't make you, but I know you're going to do the right thing because I know that you usually do and you make good decisions and you are responsible and that you're a really good listener. So I can't make you, but I believe you're going to make the right decision. And she did. Nice. I didn't have to throw hands. I didn't. 
See, but but that's that's the other thing is if you look at me and say, no, let me get to a pause point on the game or no, let me finish coloring this one section in or whatever you're doing. Okay, reasonable. Now we have not just practiced saying no, we've practiced setting our own boundaries. I need time and space to finish doing this one task and then I can move on to what you've asked me. Yes, excellent. Love it. This is this is what I'm trying to do the whole time, not just be able to tell me no, even though I'm an authority figure and I have made a reasonable request, but define and hold my own boundaries. No, I need to finish coloring Ariel's hair right now. When I am finished coloring Ariel's hair, I will consider your request. Okay. So I got a question for you about this though, because I'm curious if we're, we, we would handle this the same way. Okay. Say your kid says, hey, mm-hmm. I need you to pick up the toys in the living room. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will, but I need to finish drawing this picture first. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. But then they don't follow through. They forget. Yeah. They say they forget. Do you believe they forget? Or do you think it's malicious? And if they don't do it, are you giving them the reminder or are you giving them a consequence? Uh, So it super, super depends. It it really depends on what they did after. So if I walk back in and they're still drawing, but they've clearly moved on to another drawing. Hey, bud, you said when you finished that picture, you were going to clean the toys up in the room. What happened? Oh, well, I had another idea. Okay, cool. Let's table that for now. Let's go ahead and clean this up. Well, can I finish this picture? No, we already played that game and you were super into it. So let's pause, clean up, and then you can go right back to it. Yeah. There are other times when they've wandered off entirely. Hey bud, did you pick up those toys? Uh, no, I didn't. Now's the time to do that. You finished the drawing. That's what we gave you time to do. So we finished the toy. Well, I didn't want to clean it up. I don't care what you want. Yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't a question. It wasn't it a wasn't, request. It wasn't a will you please. It was a I need you to please. Yeah. I say please because I respect you and I'm polite, not because it's a question that you get to say no to. Yeah, we all have to do things we don't want sometimes. Honestly, it kind of depends on what their reaction when I call them on it. Mm-hmm. is if they get defensive, then there might be a consequence. Okay. Well then I think that we are all done with the drawing right now. I think we're going to put those things up. We're going to clean everything up and we're going to go find a new thing to do. Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, It really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories, so you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you 
can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. For a little while, anyway. Their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra-soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family? and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. My teenager might on purpose avoid something, but I still very rarely assign it to malicious intent. She's not trying to do it for the sake of disobeying me. She's doing it because she doesn't want to do the thing, which vibes. Valid. Chances are pretty great. If I have asked my child to do something, it's because I also don't want to do it. Right. Right. It's it's not because I want to do it, but I think it's important to teach you. It's like, uh, well, we all have to do things we don't want. And this is your thing that you don't want this week. <laughs> we actually, we handle that very similarly because I think my kind of boundaries around that is like, is this repeated? Is it the last six times that I've asked you to do something and you forgot? Like, I don't think you're forgetting anymore. I think you're avoiding, which is a different conversation. There is the, I can tell you literally just forgot. Like, I, I think that's okay. We forget things sometimes. I forget everything. My kids make fun of me for it. So <laughs> that is, it's valid. But I think that's in that communication, it's presenting why it's important that we follow through with what we say we're going to do. And if we are consistently saying like, yeah, I'm going to do that, mom, and then you don't and you blow me off. Well, I'm feeling disrespected now because you keep doing this. Why is this a repeated behavior? Let's get to the bottom of this. We might need to explore consequences because clearly the conversation we've had is not getting anywhere. It's not It's not helping you remember anything. It's not seeding anything in that developing right. little brain of yours. Right. Well, and here's here's what I will do, though, is occasionally I will foresee a problem their no is going to create, and I still let them say it. Really? Mm -hmm. If I have time and space to allow them to experience the natural consequences of a bad time to say no, I will do it, up to and including being late to something, not late to something that affects anyone else. But say we're going over to uh, 7-Eleven uh, to pick up some slushies, some ices. I'll tell them, hey, you need to clean this up. When you finish cleaning this up, we'll get in the car and we'll go get our icy. Okay, but I want to finish this drawing. Okay. And then I'll come back and check on them. Hey, did you get cleaned up? No. Were we going to do something after we cleaned up? Yeah, we were going to go get ICs. Okay, so you need to clean up before we can go get ICs. And then that will repeat and repeat and repeat. Okay, I let you make all these choices, reminding you at every step of the way that a failure to do this thing, your ability to say no is actually depriving you of ICs. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a really interesting way to look at that. I feel like I've probably done that without even realizing. Yeah. 
I, I let them experiment with time management with something called the failure method. I will let them fail when I can let them fail safely. Yeah, I do that too. I just don't think I've ever defined it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll let them fail when I can. And again, this is not something I can do every time. Sometimes it's, I also want the icy. Mama has a mighty need. Clean the <laughs> shit up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to let too, them experiment. Is that we, if, if no cannot be an answer, we can't pose mm-hmm. it as a question. Yes. Because if then they say no, like, hey, can you clean this up for me? No. Well, I didn't mean can you. I meant I need you to. Yeah. And so now it's like now now we're backpedaling. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's important that they can say no sometimes mm-hmm. because if they're allowed to say no, again, it's going to prime them for being able to say no to other people. Like having that safety to say no is giving them confidence to say no later. Yes. Yes. If you can say no to me, your mother, who has been your lifelong authority figure, and I know authority figure as a term is demonized, but like I am an we authority, are the authority. Yeah. To, my, to my children. So if you can look at me in my face and say no without fear of me flying off the handle, without fear of a blow up, I don't want to say a consequence because I think especially when they get older, Abby knows when she tells me no, there's a chance that it's not going to go right. her way. But she probably also has the discernment to to figure out, like, is this a thing I'm allowed to say no about? Yeah. 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 And and she's 15, so of course she pushes boundaries. Yeah. But now here's here's the other thing is Abby, like her mother, is a people pleaser. So I periodically have to remind her, you're allowed to say no. Yes. Um, I pay my child, I pay my oldest child to babysit on the occasions when I need her to babysit. And I try to keep that to a minimum. But if I have to go out and Jack is elsewhere and the kids are home, I'll, hey, I'll pay you 12 bucks an hour to watch the kids. I'll be gone for about two. Are you cool? Is that okay? And there are times when I have to remind her, especially when I've got the option, there are times you're allowed to say no. Yeah. Like, I have to remind her, you're allowed to tell me no. This is an option. That's a conversation I have started having with my oldest kid. Not that, like, you're allowed to say no, but the other side of it is that mm-hmm. sometimes when you say no, people are going to have big feelings about it. Yeah. And those feelings are not your responsibility. Yes. And that's how we avoid that people-pleaser thing because sometimes... As long as we are communicating this boundary, as long as we are saying no in a way that is not hurting someone's feelings, like saying, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this today. I, I don't have the energy. I don't want to do this today is way different than you're an asshole. I don't want to do it. Right. Like, yeah. There's, there's a, a big difference. So if we are like communicating what our boundaries are, if we are saying no in a way that is being respectful Mm-hmm. People are allowed to be upset about it, right? And and that is an easy narrative to to shift into. Like sometimes I tell you no, and you're mad about it. Yeah, and you, it is you have to regulate those feelings. And sometimes you might need a hug or or my help to regulate. But I am not changing my mind to make you happy, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a reason I said no, and even if you're not happy with it, you are still accepting the no. And it is the same when you say no to other people. People mm-hmm. might be upset about it, but that is not your responsibility to fix. Yeah. It might be a communication you have later, but you don't change your boundary to make someone else happy. Uh, my kids routinely hear, I hear your no, 
but I can't respect that choice. And most of the time that is in places where I don't, like you, I don't ask permission for things that I can't accept. Uh, When my kids were in diapers, I didn't ask to change their diaper because I cannot let you continue to sit in the shit sack. Right. Shit sack. Right. Like that's just not a thing. You want a rash? That's how you get a rash. Right. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not going to ask permission. I would grant autonomy as I could. Do you want to wear this Winnie the Pooh diaper or this Winnie the Pooh diaper? Do you want the blue cover or the green cover? You know, I, I would grant choices in other places if possible, if feasible, if I had time to do that, but I wouldn't ask for permission for something that I couldn't say no to. Mm-hmm. But that also means that there would be times as they would begin to experiment more with that autonomy. All right, let's go take a bath. No, I hear your no, but I can't let you make that choice for your health yeah. and safety. Self-care is a responsibility and a priority at all times, and that includes washing your body. Yeah, you're mostly sandbox at this point, and I think you (laughs) might be more bug spray than human. So in the bath you go. One of my kids is not a very affectionate person. She's very much like me, just not a big, just don't touch me, you know? (laughs) But I will ask her when I tuck her in at night, like, can I give you a hug? Mm -hmm. And maybe about 50% of the time she's cool with the hug. But other times she's like, no. And it's just so simple, right? There's no there's no explanation. She does not need to explain why I am not allowed to hug her. Yeah. She might need to explain why she's not going to clean her room right now, but she never has to provide an explanation as to why I am not allowed to touch her. Right. So I might say, okay, can I have a high five? Sometimes the answer for that is still no. Okay. Well, I love you. Good night. It, it's that easy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you, okay, mm. here's the thing. I think after all we've talked about today, okay, Mm -hmm. hearing no, saying no, I preferred the why phase. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun, but springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June, we all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I prefer why to no. Absolutely not. What? 
I preferred the no phase over the why phase every time. You know what? I think it's time for then, Gwenna. What's that? I think I have a game for us. What? Parenting. Would you rather? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, so I, pref- I prefer the whys. You prefer the no's. Yes. Okay. But here's the next one. Are uh, you ready? Yeah. Would you rather the punami or the baby projectile? And what I mean is when you have that baby, that sweet, sweet little baby that uh-huh. smells like fresh baby, would you rather them shit up their entire sleeper <laughs> uh, all the way up to their hairline? They're just, the, it's, it's a sleep sack, but it's actually a shit sack now. Yes. Or would you rather the tsunami of vomit? They're like a water fountain just spraying. What, it, what was your preference? Punami. Every time. Oh no! I'd rather the I'd rather the vomit. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I don't do vomit well. Even baby spit up. I've got a better tolerance for baby spit up than I do for puke. But no, punami no, every time. It's the, the, I can't. I can't with the poop. My my minimalist had reflux, and mm-hmm. I have the my favorite newborn picture of her. I'm holding her, taking a selfie. I look so happy and tired as a newborn mom. Yeah. And as I snap the picture, she refluxed and it is just a spray. And it is my, is my favorite picture of us from that time. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I, I, have one, I have one for you. Okay. Would you prefer the same special interest for years or a new special interest every week? And by special interest, I mean when they get hooked on Minecraft or Warrior Cats or Captain Underpants. Okay. I prefer the long-term special interest with a random weekly special interest sprinkled in there for variety. But that long special interest means that I can keep up with it and I'm not going to frustrate them when I can't keep the character straight or whatever it is straight. You know what? I will take a new special interest every week because I I really can't hear any more about Minecraft. I can't. I can't. I can't. I have played it with them. I, there are elements of it that are really fun. But if I hear one more time about a pillager raid. I can't do Minecraft because I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh, my kids have tried to explain it to me. They show me their maps and I'm like, I, I believe you, but I don't see anything but color here. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Next one. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Belly worm or snotty sniffles? What's a belly worm? Uh, belly worm is when they get a stomach bug, but your preschooler forgets the word stomach bug. So on the way to trying to figure it out, she says, Mom, do I have a belly worm? Right after she finishes puking. <laughs> okay. We and no longer have stomach bugs. We have belly worms. Belly worms now. We have belly worms. Snotty nose. No, I'm snotty. I'll take the flu and the fever and the Mm -hmm. upper respiratory infection. No, because here's my thing is that I know whatever illness they have, I'm going to have next. And I would rather be sick with a stomach bug for one day than be coughing for two weeks. Every time I I would, I would rather it's, it's based on what my experience is going to be with. with that illness. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Snotty, snot all no, day. I don't boogers, like it. Boogers are my like downfall. That's the one thing I can't handle. I can, I'll catch puke in my hands. No, absolutely wiping, not. Wiping We're just going to clean the carpet. Nope. Nope. Can't do the boogers. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So would you rather trim baby fingernails or deal with teething screams? See, I'm lucky because my kids never had a hard time teething. And the fingernails, I, t- I just, when they were babies, I bit them. Tori, I did because they like they, they you couldn't peel them off at that age like they're so fragile and thin 
But then once they were like, you know, they got out of that newborn phase, it's just, I just clipped them. It was never a problem for me. See, I hated, so my kids also hated having their nails clipped and I clipped quick one time. And from then on, I would, that was Jack's job. That was Jack's job. Jack had to trim those tiny little razor claws Mm because I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. I will take the teething screams because there's an end to that. Like it doesn't feel like there's an end to that, but those teeth will erupt. They'll cut gum and they'll stop hurting. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we're all done. And so it's a few days of misery. In our case, it was actually like a week and a half of misery yeah. because my girl child decided to erupt six teeth, one after the other. It didn't stop. One my would erupt. Youngest another had would come four through. come in at once. And there was a rough would, day with that, but four at the same time. See, and my eldest did that, four at the same yeah. time. But no, my girl child, one at a time for two weeks straight. Oh, yeah, that sounds rough. That sounds rough. Okay. But there was still an end to it. That's true. Okay, I have one more for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Would you rather mm-hmm. sticky fingers or extra wet kisses? <laughs> Can I pick none? Nope. Dang it. Um, Get it? I said no when we were talking about no. <laughs> it's funny when way, I explain way, the joke. Way to loop that back. Excellent job. <laughs> Excellent work. Um, I'm going to say extra wet kisses because I trust the germs in their mouth more than I trust the germs on their hand. I'll do the sticky fingers because it's easy to just scoop them up and we'll just go wash your hands real quick because I have the same thing about saliva as I do about boogers. (laughs) I don't uh, wet body things. No, thank you. I'm good. That was was an excellent point for the timer to go off. Yeah, I probably should have finished there anyway, so... (laughs) All right. If you've got more parenting, would you rather scenarios or suggestions for future episode topics, email us at childproof at betches.com. And you can find us as at Mama Cusses at Tori Phantom on TikTok and Instagram and also follow at Betches Moms on Instagram. And so you don't miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Childproof on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a rating. It helps us so much. And it only takes a few minutes. And remember, sometimes our kids are assholes. And sometimes it's us. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salzmacat and Sean Kilby. Editing by Basilio Perez. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email to moms at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.